Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship pod here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. The interwebs are still reeling from my retirement on Thursday or Friday, Colin. Can you believe that? The buzz that it's generated? It has generated a lot of buzz. There's been a lot of names floated out there as people who are going to take your place. Uh, Matthew Barry, JJ Zacharyson, uh, the duo from um establish the run i you know i've been fielding a lot of interviews lately uh, i feel like the the lineup of of applicants is kind of like when they got rid of uh steve carell on the office and they had you know um ray romano and um Mm -hmm. uh, who else did they have come in Um, will ferrell yeah who ended up getting the job spoilers Mm -hmm. anybody hasn't seen the show but i think at this point uh, yeah the, uh, the statute of limitations is up on that one yeah so yeah no news there, but we we have a really good episode here for you guys today, actually, here. Uh, we have Joe Broback on as a guest, and we're going to play that interview for you here uh, in just a second. He released just this absolute beast of a guide that's really, really amazing for college football season coming up. We're highly recommending that you go check it out. It's going to be in the show notes here. Uh, but before we get to that, we do just want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, the usual stuff. Go over to campuscant.com. Um, it's really, really draft season right now. I'm in, I believe four or five drafts right now, and I've got a couple more coming up. Um, so, you know, it, it rankings, ADP, um, for the NIL members, I'm releasing a 230 page Q along with an article kind of explaining my thought process behind it. Um, so all those kinds of things that can help you through a C2C draft, a CFF draft, a Debbie draft, whatever kind of draft you're doing, we've got stuff over there to help you out on that. Check out our new partner, Homefield Apparel. Go get yourself some gear before the season finally kicks off. Uh, I've already got a bunch of stuff in my bag uh, for uh, probably a week or two from now. Um, I'm, wa- I'm waiting for my wife to forget that I have this promo code to play around with now. Out of sight, <laughs> out of mind. A couple weeks, we'll be getting some new shirts. Uh, you promo know, code you camp- a huge box that comes in the mail. And she's like, why is <laughs> I work from home? She goes into the office every day. She ain't got to know oh, nothing. If she doesn't want it. I don't want you got to ta- you got to time it right, though. Yeah, you can't have it delivered on the weekend. You're right. You're right. I, I do have to time that up perfectly. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, but yeah, promo code campus to Canton over there. The number two in the middle. Get you 15 percent off your first order. Um, so go ahead and use that and then pre-order that CFF guide. That's going to be out in less than a week here. Uh, it, it's coming up here really fast. Um, just it, invaluable if you are in a CFF draft or quite frankly, in a supplemental or C2C startup, you kind of get to the end and you need to know some of these guys that are good for maybe production purposes, but not really Debbie options. I mean, that guide is just tailor made for that. So $20, you can pre-order it now. And then, uh, several memberships over at the website, uh, potentially get it for free. And if you're not sure if you are one of those, let us know. And we'll point you in the right direction. Uh, Colin, any other uh, items that we need to discuss before we get into this? No, not that I'm thinking. I mean, other than, you know, like you mentioned at the top of the show, this uh, this Thursday is going to be Austin's last show uh, for Canton Bound. So you're going to want to tune into that one. The farewell yeah, tour. Cool for me? Um, sure. You could surprise me because you give me the show sheet 10 minutes before we tip off anyway. So I'll, I wouldn't know. Beforehand. Exactly. That's what I've been doing. I've just been slowly conditioning you hmm. to expect the show sheet like 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the show. So that way I could lead it all up to this and, and surprise you at the end. I'm on to you. You think you're slick. 
I'm on to you. All right, guys. Well, without further ado, we won't drag it on any longer. Here's our interview that we did with Joe Brobeck. All right, guys. We are joined by Joe Brobeck. He covers college football for CFN, College Football Network. They are part of PFN. If you have not heard, go give all of their accounts a follow over there. You can find him on YouTube at Joe Brobeck CFB, at Joe Brobeck on Twitter. Keeps the name very consistent, very easy to find you, which is always a great thing. Joe, how's it going tonight? Thanks for hopping on here with us, giving us uh, a little bit of your time uh, as we uh, the college football season here starts rolling around. Yeah, it's crazy that June's almost over, and pretty soon August will be here, and we'll be ramping up to the best part of the year. Well, I hope you're taking a break here, at least for a few days, because for people that don't know, you just wrote a 465-page preview of the entire college football season it's got literally everything in it it's got full breakdowns of every fbs team including players to watch projected wins uh trap games on the schedule like just a ton of different stuff qb spotlight you pick all american teams you've got some recruiting and transfer portal analysis how do you even start putting all of this information together in one place so that you can gift it to us yeah, uh, spreadsheets galore is pretty much the uh, the way to go. Uh, you kind of start with, I think the transfer portal for me at least has made things pretty difficult just because it never stops. I think I saw Greg Sankey say yesterday that it's a 60-day window, but when in reality it's it's a window where kids can get in and then after that it, they can commit at any time. And I think even two days before I released the preview, I had two guys say they were hitting the portal somehow. And so... It's a, a lot of spreadsheets and trying to keep those as updated as possible. And then when I can, you know, putting things together, um, putting graphics together. I like to say that I get bored with college football around November because that's usually when I start looking ahead to the preview from just designing it and whatnot. But it's a long process. But uh, I think like most of us, when you're covering something that you truly love and enjoy, it's really not any work. How do you put a cutoff on when the portal would impact the guide? Like, was there a point where you just said, okay, after this day, like, I just can't, I can't sort through all these pages and, and I did change this stuff. year. Yeah. This year was a little bit different. I did about two weeks before just because that, yeah, at a certain point it's like, you know what? I, 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 I can't care about this because then I'm not going to get it done. Uh, and honestly, I think most of the bigger names, are committed by that point. So you kind of have an idea of who is it. And if honestly, if someone is upset that, hey, you forgot that Tasia Young transferred from FAU and be like, he transferred two days before I put this out. I will go change it if you want me to. But at a certain point, my sanity comes before getting every single player correct in that thing. Fair enough, fair enough. So is there a particular team or player that grew on you? Through this process you know maybe you were unsure of them going in and then as you did more research you said oh, i, I kind of like what they got going on here and then obviously maybe they hit the transfer portal two weeks before uh and uh you know helped help themselves out a little bit by by digging someone out of there late yeah i i don't know if there's anyone in part i think penn state was we were kind of talking about them before we started here but penn state was a team that even though they're in the big 10 and that's the conference that's near to me uh, I, I didn't really know a ton about them. Obviously, I like Nick Singleton, Katron Allen. Uh, but I think that I don't. they didn't really add anybody that I think moves the needle a, a lot to me. 
Um, Dante Cephas was definitely a nice pickup for them. I think receiver will be an X factor for them this year. But I think the more that I looked at their talent, uh, I think you're looking at a team that could be special. You're looking at, you know, Michigan's obviously at the top of the East there. Uh, Ohio State will still be at the top, but Penn State's kind of that forgotten team. And the more that I I watched film, the more that I dug into that roster, the more that I liked them. I knew I liked you, Joe. Uh, I read the uh, I, I I read some of the 465 pages, like we said, and we were talking pre-show. I haven't read all of them yet. I'm sorry. It's it's a lot. I, you put a behemoth together there. Uh, but I thought you really nailed the the Penn State write up and and even some of the defensive players you know that you talked about. Um, you, you talked about Abdul Carter. You talked about Kalen King. Uh, you know, I, I thought you really nailed that team. So I'm glad to hear that they they grew on you as you were writing. But can you talk a little bit about how you just go into finding all of this information for these teams? Because you know, even as somebody who's a fan of Penn State. You know, I, I thought you did a really good job writing that up. And I'm sure fans of these other teams reading their profiles thought the same thing. You did a lot for all these 135 teams. Yeah, it's it's definitely not easy. Um, I think the bigger schools so like the Penn State's, Ohio State's, they're a lot easier just because there's so many different blogs and different sites covering them. So you can find quite a bit of information as long as they're not behind a paywall. Um, so I think that's that's the biggest one is the, the information being available. So when you're looking at a team like Penn State, it's a little bit easier because of the availability of the information. Then on the other hand, you have a team like Texas State who probably isn't getting a ton of people covering them just because they don't have. Now this year might be a little bit different with DJ Kinney coming in. There's a little bit more excitement with that program, but teams like that where you're looking at Sunbelt teams, Conference USA, MAC teams even. like I don't know if I found hardly anything on Bowling Green. Like There's just certain programs that – you can you can find it. I mean, there is a way to find it, whether that's doing your own research or reaching out to coaches and, and players. And I don't have time to do all of that. So I pretty much rely on what I can find on the Internet. So a lot of that stuff is is kind of difficult to find. Uh, but some of it's also like I, I don't really need to know uh, if if someone thinks that a certain player is good. I trust my evaluation process, too, of what I see on film what I've seen them do previous years or last year and whatnot. So I, I kind of have a bunch of different factors that go into certain things. Uh, and some things I try to rely on uh, from for my personal benefit, just so I don't have to go and reach out to 100 people just to get one sentence in one of these write-ups. Bowling Green and Old Dominion are the banes of my <laughs> existence. They're, they're the two that every year I'm just like, guess, well, we're just going to figure that out as the season goes on. Yeah, they're... they're that, I don't know if no one wants to cover them or what, but they're 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 tough places to to pull information out of. It seems like on a, a year to year basis. Um, so I, I want to get into some team specific stuff here. I mean, obviously you wrote tons of information on every single team here, um, but there are some. You know, we're a fantasy site. We we care about a lot of those things. So uh, some of the teams that that maybe have some bigger changes coming up. You have TCU coming off that national championship game. Uh, you have them top twenty still in your preseason rankings here, even with losing uh you know kendry miller um uh losing a bunch of their uh main wide receivers there um yeah yeah, losing max dugan so what do you see there that you still have them top 20 um and and kind of picking up a little bit where they left off last year yeah i think a lot of it has to do with sunny dice you look at what he did at smu kind of the same thing when you go from even when you went from shane bichelle to tanner mordecai i mean the talent level 
is still there. And the offense is just meant to help the athletes in it. And I think a lot of people forget that Chandler Morris was going to be this or was the starter to begin the year. So I think that's the biggest thing is that there's obviously something that Sonny Dykes and his staff saw in Morris to, to be the starter over Duggan. And uh, who knows what would have happened if he didn't get hurt in that Colorado game. But I think that you're still getting a good talent level, I, even though you lose quite a bit. Obviously, replacing Quentin Johnston isn't going to be easy. Replacing some of the key guys on defense won't be easy either. There's certain players that you're just not going to get the same kind of production, but you're not going to expect some of these guys to just a one-on-one-to-one -on -one replacement ratio. You're going to get a couple of guys that replace Johnston. You're going to get a couple of guys that replace Kendra Miller. It's it's The scheme is more what I rely on because I trust what Sonny Dykes has done. Take away his Cal days because winning at Cal is ridiculously difficult. But you look at what he did at SMU, consistent success offensively. Obviously, the defense needs to figure things out. Uh, but the offense I trust because I know that he knows what he's doing. Even with the loss of Garrett Riley, it's really Sonny Dykes who I'm going to rely on because he knows what he's doing. He's going to provide guidance to anybody that comes in and takes that OC spot. So even though they lose quite a bit, I still think they're a talented team that still can compete for a, a Big 12 championship. It's awesome. Uh, I, I haven't heard a lot of other t people really on TCU lately. It seems like a lot of people think they're going to take a step back this year. And, you know, we talked a little bit about some of the pieces that they're replacing. Is there outside of, of Chandler Morris, is there one guy that on that offense that you're looking to to maybe pick up some of this slack and, and be maybe a little bit more of a focal point? I think a lot of people want Savion Williams to be better than he's been. I mean, he's got that same frame as Quinton Johnson, the, the big six foot five can go up and get 50, 50 balls can be a big time threat. It just really haven't seen it. I think we saw maybe a couple flashes last year, uh, but we didn't see it consistently. So I think he's one where if he steps up, uh, even with all the transfer talent they brought in, I think if Savion Williams can be more of a factor for that offense, then I think teams really should be worried. Another team that uh, I find interesting this offseason, they're so trendy at this point that, you know, I, I do some casual betting and I'm they're starting to, to worry me with how much everybody likes them so much. Florida State, they're they're a pretty trendy pick to win the ACC. I think a lot of folks have them by virtue of winning the ACC, making the playoffs. You project them to win the ACC as well. What kind of pushes them above Clemson for you, who is still contrary to, I think, popular belief, a pretty formidable uh, and talented squad there? Yeah, I think uh, you look at last year, NC State was that team that everybody was so high on, picked the playoff to, to make the playoff. And I, I believed in NC State too. You just look at the production they had returning, and I, I think it was hard not to believe in them. And obviously that didn't happen. But the biggest thing for me has to be Mike Norvell. I think when you when you look at I was I was a huge fan of him at Memphis. What he did at Memphis was insane. I think that those offenses, because of UCF, don't get a ton of love. Even the 2017 team, people forget that if you take take away the the BS fumble call that was in the AAC championship game, go back and watch it. It was not a fumble to start the first drive. Memphis wins that game, and 2017 UCF is not a thing. So I think that's what people forget is those Memphis teams were so explosive. And I think the biggest thing in college football nowadays is your offense has to be explosive for you to have a chance of winning a championship, whether it's at the conference level or at the national championship level. And right now, Clemson is in that phase of 
we don't really know what we're going to get. Cade Klubnik could be really, really good. I really like his upside, but we have to see it. Everybody really liked what DJ brought to the table too. If you if you bet on Clemson based off 2020, you would have thought DJ was going to be the best quarterback we've ever seen in college football. But obviously, things went a different direction. And I think that Garrett Riley is going to make things better. But there's definitely a door that is open for a team like Florida State. And it's because Mike Norvell has not only recruited well, he's brought in guys from the transfer portal, and he's developed the talent that's on the roster that he inherited. Jordan Travis is a perfect example of that. He is someone who we thought was a good athlete that was playing quarterback. And now he has a chance, I think, to be a good quarterback that's an incredible athlete as well. And he is someone who is probably the biggest X factor on any team in college football because of what he can do and what they need him to do. But I think the biggest thing is that Mike Norvell, I trust him as a coach. He's been able to build programs. He built one at Memphis, and now he's doing the same thing at Florida State. And with Clemson kind of taking a step back, that leaves the door open for a team like Florida State that has good depth on both sides of the ball, explosive playmakers. You get Jared Verse back, which probably was the biggest addition without subtraction from the offseason. So I, I think that you're looking at a very well-rounded team that has all the pieces you need to make a run. And then you have this situation in the conference where it's all up to you how you want to, to, to win. And if you have the talent and you have the veteran leadership and you're able to beat a team like Clemson, now we're going to find out in the first month if Florida State is legit or not when they play LSU and Clemson. So after September, we're pretty much going to know the answer to that question, but I like what this team has returning to make that happen. Yeah, I think that's a, a great point about Mike Norvell. He was a guy that when he got hired there, I was a big fan of that hire at Florida State, and he started a little slow. People seemed like they were ready to write him off when those Deion Sanders rumblings started. Um, but I, I think he is the right guy for the job there at Florida State. When you do think about Mike Norvell offenses, though, at least I tend to think of more of the running game, but you have Johnny Wilson as one of your uh, preseason like All-Americans, which, you know, for anybody who hasn't read his 465-page guide, he does have All-American teams in there. Um, you pick Johnny Wilson as one of the ones at receiver. Can you talk to me a little bit about what you expect out of Johnny Wilson this year and then maybe even projecting forward? Yeah, I mean, the the easiest thing to talk about is his size. When you're six foot seven, and maybe that's Florida State embellishing that a little bit, maybe he's six foot six, <laughs> but still six foot six is nuts for a wide receiver. Uh, I think that we all knew that there was potential there. We knew he had big playability. And last year, I think even really more towards the end of the season, more than anything, was really where we saw what he could do. And when you look at those Memphis teams, you look at Anthony Miller, DeMonte Coxey, you look at guys that were able to be that wide receiver one that was a big-time talent. Everybody knew who they were, but it didn't really matter. That's why I like Johnny Wilson so much. Now you do add Keon Coleman to the mix, so maybe it's more of a balanced approach and Wilson doesn't need to do it as much. But you look at this Florida State wide receiver group, I think that targets are going to be hard to come by just because of the talent level. So for a guy like Wilson, being six foot six, six foot seven. That gives Jordan Travis kind of that security blanket that if he's in trouble, he knows, hey, I can always throw it up to Johnny Wilson and and see what happens. Now, we'll see what happens over this year in terms of the NFL draft, what analysts think in terms of is he a good route runner? Can he create separation or is he just this big guy that can go up and has an insane catch radius just because of his size? I like what he can do because of, of his size and because he is in Norvell's system. And he's going to make – 
the offense a, a good balanced offense because you do get it. We mentioned the running game. Trey Benson's going to be a stud. I, I think that even in this year of college football where we have so many good running backs, Trey Benson has the potential to be the best in college football. I'm not going to say he's going to be, but I think that he has the talent level to do that. So this offense has a lot of pieces that are, are really exciting. So it's just a matter of who has those intangibles that's going to help them separate themselves from even their own teammates. I want to go down to Texas State. They have a very intriguing situation developing down there. New head coach G.J. Kenny, known for being an offensive-minded guy. They bring in Malik Hornsby, who was mostly a wide receiver at Arkansas the past couple years. They, they didn't have a lot of room for him uh, at QB. You broke him down both in like a little spotlight section, but also in their team preview. And you seem like you're a little skeptical of this experiment. I actually am as well. The CFF community seems to be pretty split on him. What do you what do you think is a realistic expectation for him here? Really, is his first year as a full time quarterback? Well, I mean, first, Texas State has just been so bad for so long that it's just like we I know there's a lot of exciting things. Um, when a new coach comes in and obviously what Kenny did at Incarnate Word was incredible. That was a, such a fun team to watch. And it's easy to make those comparisons. You look at what Lindsey Scott did at Incarnate Word and you think, oh, well, here's this athletic player that can can throw the football. He's just going to make that jump because he fits the same mold as Lindsey Scott. But we don't really know that. Like there's a reason why KJ Jefferson was the starter at Arkansas and Malik Hornsby was not. And yes, the speed is there. Now, if he can put it all together, then I would not want to face Texas State any week because he will be a nightmare to stop. But I think that we got to pump the brakes a little bit. I think as in the media, we tend to just overreact because we just assume everything's going to work. We, we don't like look deep into uh, what's going on. We don't watch the film. We don't see, okay, well, this program, yes, got a new coach, but they also, I mean, Texas State has like 50 or 60 new players and it's transfers or something like that. Some astronomical number. Like it's not going to just magically turn into this Sunbelt contention team. Uh, so I think that also the other thing is I've seen CJ Rogers could be a guy that's going to compete for that starting spot. There's, you know, you bring in TJ Finley. I don't think he's going to start, but there's so many other guys that are competing for that starting spot. And with a new staff, they're not going to be, oh, we're going to bring this guy in and he's our guy. They're going to create competition. Uh, so I think Texas State is one of those teams that, yes, they could be better, but there's a lot of work for them to do in order to get back on track and just be even an average team. Yeah, I mean, Texas State has had some some rough years. You know, Jake Spavadol, head coach, was not particularly inspiring. Um, do you at least like the J.G. Kinney hire and like the kind of the direction that they're going? Do you have some hope for them for the future maybe? Yeah, I think I, when you look at well, who you're hiring, I think you have to have a lot of excitement from your previous job. And Incarnate Word was really fun. I mean, they almost beat NDSU in the playoffs, and that was such a fun game to watch. And you look at, if you go back and watch some of the Incarnate Word games, they were just torching people, and they were an extremely exciting team to watch. I think that you have to have that elite level of confidence in the guy that you're hiring. And I think that even though this year may not be the best for them still, I'm excited for the future of this program because I know Kenny is going to do a great job. He did a great job at Incarnate Word. He's bringing in talent to make things happen and fit his system. Uh, he's going to try to do what Spavadol was trying. I think Spavadol is trying to do that, but it just didn't work out. 
Uh, but I think uh, Kinney has a better track record from his experience as a head coach at the FCS level. And now you're not taking a huge step going to like a power five program. You're going to a group of five program, not as big of a leap. So I think that I, I like where they're going. It's just a matter of if Kinney can get the guys to campus and then make it work once they're there. You have Michigan third overall in your preseason top 25, obviously a disappointing end to their season last year, but they bring back a lot of the skill guys on the offensive side of things. I know people want to focus on Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, but they do have JJ McCarthy there, your former five-star guy who's flashed at times. What's a realistic expectation for him this season? Do you think the, are the rumors true? Are they going to let him unleash a little more this year? Well, I think the rumor that I'd like to stop seeing is, oh, is Jim Harbaugh going the NFL? I think that hurts them more than anything. I'm I'm not a huge Harbaugh fan. I appreciate and respect what he can do in terms of winning at the college level, but I'm so sick of, is Jim Harbaugh going to this NFL team? I'm like, just stay in college, dude. You're at like, you're in the best situation that you're ever going to get in your career. Like, just focus on winning a national championship. So now that that rant's over, I can focus on – I think J.J. has the talent to be a, a an all-conference, maybe even an all-American. I just think that his performance in big games lacks when it needs to, to be better. I think that, like you said, everybody's going to focus on Blake Corm and Donovan Edwards, including the teams that they're going to face. And you're facing some really explosive offenses in terms of Ohio State. You look at Penn State's going to be really good. There's – Wisconsin could be a lot better. Now, I don't have Michigan's schedule in front of me, so I don't know if they play Wisconsin this year. But those are the kinds of teams that you're going to have to beat in order to win the Big Ten. And J.J. plays a big role in that. And, you know, obviously, even against TCU, like he had a solid game statistically, but he also threw the pick six. That was a huge pick six. And honestly, the difference in the game and a six-point game. So you're looking at a guy who is an X factor. I think that he can elevate his game. But we just haven't seen him do it uh, against quality competition. We've seen him do it against the Colorado States that they always play. And this year is another really poor uh, non-conference slate for the Wolverines, but you got to do it against the best teams. And if he can, honestly, even if he plays average, that would be a step forward, but 156 yards with a touchdown and interception, isn't going to get the job done. Uh, and especially when you lose a couple of guys to the transfer portal from wide receiver, you're losing your starting tight end. You got things to figure out and your quarterback has to provide some of that stability. So I think there's big expectations for JJ McCarthy for good reason. I just don't know how high his ceiling actually is. There's a guy on our, uh, who works with us, um, who's going to be very disappointed to hear that he's been piping the, uh, JJ McCarthy for Heisman, um, train. Uh, at is least that Mike? The scenes. Is that Mike? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. no uh, well, yes, Mike has been as well, but okay. um, Chris K. Chris okay. K is yeah, another okay. one who's yeah. been 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 pumped. I mean, he can do it. Like, well. I think that that's there. It's just that when you go, like, I, I don't want to be like, go look at the box scores, but go look at his performances <laughs> in big games, and he's he's like, he's not doing that. And in order to win the Heisman, you have to have one a Heisman moment, and you have to play well against quality competition. And right now. JJ's playing more of that game manager role, and that's fine with the talent that Michigan's bringing in. But you, that's a big step to be like, yes, he's going to win the Heisman because he's going to kill it in big games. He's going to be a focal point of the offense. Like, 
I don't know if anybody can actually confidently say that JJ is going to be the featured player in that offense. Yeah, I think we all kind of agree that it's, it's going to really hinge on the running game. That's going to be the focal point there. Do they have any weapons on this offense uh, that scare you in terms of if you're a defensive coordinator? You know, you mentioned they lose Schoonmaker at tight end. They lost Ronnie Bell as well. They lose Andrell Anthony to the portal. They've lost some guys at the skill positions where they haven't necessarily been that strong. Uh, is there anybody that can take some of that attention off the run game that you see? I think Cornelius Johnson is a guy that I really like. Uh, now, again, consistency is going to be the biggest thing. When you feature two guys that are potential 1,000-yard backs, that's going to take away most of the attention. So it's kind of you know that conundrum of we got to be able to throw the ball so that our guys can continue running efficiently. So you see Cornelius Johnson and what he did in those couple games where he had huge – you know he had breakthrough games and, and the consistency just wasn't there. Now, uh, Colston Loveland at tight end, I think that he could be another guy. I think that Michigan's done a good job of bringing in those players. It's just a matter of now translating that onto the field and turning it into production. You know, we have we have the potential. We have all these guys that oh, this guy's 6'3", 210, and he can he can beat you deep. And this tight end six five two forty, and he can make big plays and he can be a factor in the run game. But it's all you know. We can talk about that all we want, but if you don't put it together, it's not really going to matter. And the running game really is going to suffer if you can't if McCarthy can't find guys downfield. That's another part of it is, is J.J. has to do his part, but the guys that are running the routes also have to get open. And if J.J. can't find anybody, then this offense becomes one-dimensional pretty quick. I'm making an assumption here, but it seems to track with how you had it ranked. Do you think Michigan beats Ohio State for the third year in a row as well? That's – I mean, I, I think so. I think that they're just – they're so – solid they have such a solid core and and even with the changes that they go through over the last couple of years they are just back to where they are now if you ask me like what's the percent chance that they do that it's probably pretty not confident that they do that just because ohio state's so good and we all know that ryan day is doing a great job of continuing recruiting they have the arguably the best wide receiver core in the entire country and you're looking at team you even Penn State, we talk about them a lot. I think Penn State is a team you legitimately have to worry about, and it's really unfortunate that one of those teams is going to be so good and not have a chance to compete for a Big Ten championship while the West sends Purdue or whoever is going to finish 8-4. <laughs> and four. So I, I think that there's – I'm not going to make – I'm not going to put any money on it, but I think right now – I feel more confident in Michigan than those other two teams with the questions that they have. There's the sound bite. There's the sound bite right there. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Last one we had down here for you. Um, and then I do want to um, ask you what your problem is with Pitt. Um, <laughs> if you can't see to be... his hail to Pitt shirt. <laughs> yeah. I'm all, I'm all, I'm all Pitt out over here. Yeah. Um, Western Kentucky, we're trying to figure out who their wide receiver two is going to be this year. Uh, Corley, Malachi Corley, obviously, they're one, number one last year, and, and he's going to be back this year. You have Dalvin Smith listed as a breakout player for Western Kentucky, and it seems like most people are between him or Michael Matheson. You think it's Smith, and that's extra interesting to us because he has tight end eligibility in college fantasy. So it could be a cheat code if you really think that he's he's the guy that stands up here next. 
yeah, that's kind of why I put him there is because I think that he you have the opportunity to create mismatches depending on what the offseason looks like. Because when you have a guy that, like you said, can play that tight end role, does that mean he's going to add size to his frame? Is that going to affect his speed? Are you going to create mismatches because you have a guy with his size going against a defensive back that's much smaller? Now, Matheson, I would say, is right next to him in terms of could be another breakout guy. And, and right now I think that Dalvin Smith just has, I, I think, the better potential simply because of what he can do and, and what role he'll play in that offense. Now, you look at, I mean, Corley is another guy who two years ago what didn't really have a, you know, a breakout year, but he was a guy that was on the radar similar to Smith and Matheson this year. And I think that it's just next man up. You have guys that are, are going to step up. And if it's Matheson, then I'm not going to be surprised. But I like the idea that, Smith can be a wide receiver and then also line up at tight end to create more mismatches for this offense. They're not exactly playing a murderous row of defenses either. So, I mean, they're, it's, it, they're going to have a pretty good year here, I, I have a feeling. Are you, are you in agreement on that one at least? I'd be shocked if we don't see Western Kentucky Liberty for the Conference USA Championship. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's a couple other teams. Louisiana Tech could surprise some people. I'm higher on them this year, but – when you look at who has the better talent overall, those are the two teams that stand out. So I'd be surprised if we're seeing anything but those two when it comes to the end of the season. Fair enough. All right, then, yeah, let, let, let's talk about Pitt here real quick because I, I got not going to lie. I was offended when I opened this up and saw where you had us ranked. It just shocking. Eighth in the ACC. No, what? I mean, Pitt loses a lot. Are you not a big jerk of a guy? I'm not either, for the record. So I, I you know, I, I I'm worried. How, is he going to stay healthy? Like, is he going to stay on the field? That's probably the biggest thing. I mean, you look at last year, even not to say that Pitt's quarterback play was bad. And obviously, when you go from Kenny Pickett and that offense to anything else, it, especially when it's like the thing that frustrates me the most about Pitt and mostly Narduzzi is you go from Kenny Pickett, where it's like, hey, Pitt can be really explosive offensively, and then Narduzzi just like but do we want to do that? Like, is really that what we, it's like you had your best season ever. And then you're just like, let's not do that again. Like that didn't make any sense to me. And I, I know this year, uh, the OC, I'm blanking on his name, but I don't, I think him and Jerkovic were together at Boston college. Yeah. So yeah, I Signetti, like them I think, a lot right? more. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I think that I am a Jerkovic fan. But like I need him to be on the field more, and I I'm not super high on who he's going to be throwing to in terms of do you have like as you know a Zay Flowers a Jordan Addison I don't know if there's a guy on Pitt that's going to be that way, um, but I think also there's a few other teams that I expect to be better, so then Pitt kind of falls into that that lower group if you will. Fine. Does that I'll satisfy accept, you? I'll, yeah. I'll accept that answer begrudgingly. <laughs> I want I want that on the record begrudgingly. Yeah. I mean the good thing with you Austin is you're not a you're a realistic fan. So, yeah, I think you already kind of had those those expectations for Pitt there as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, how are your Gophers going to do? I mean, we talked about this pre-show, you're a Minnesota guy. What do we expect out of them this year? Uh, I think they're going to they're going to struggle this year. You look at their schedule, they, they they I believe they have Ohio State, they have North Carolina in the non-conference. I think they're going to be – they're a team that's kind of young. Uh, the the Greek rifle, as they call him, Athen Caligamanis, uh, I think that he has a lot of exciting tools. I think he has 
a chance to be an NFL guy. I think he can get drafted if it all goes well. I just think that the schedule with the lack of experience and the band-aids that they kind of put on through the transfer portal make it for it's, it's probably going to be a tougher year to win. You're just not on that same level as some of those teams. Uh, so I think that making a bowl game should still be the expectation, but I'm not I'm not expecting anything above six and six, seven and five. So with Minnesota, the past couple of years, we've gotten used to Mo Ibrahim and that running game being so dominant week in, week out. Um, is there a running back? I know they brought in Sean Tyler in the portal from Western Michigan. Um, is there a running back that you think is going to kind of be that focal point? Or are you seeing this as more of like a committee now that they don't have that one guy to really lean on? Yeah, they have they have a few guys they'll probably use. Uh, they'll lean on Tyler early. Uh, they'll also use Bryce Williams. Bryce was third behind Ibrahim and then Potts, who obviously transferred. So he's a guy who'll be in there. Uh, they also have Zach Evans, not that Zach Evans, but a different Zach Evans. Uh, that it has been. They were really high on him when they recruited him. They really were excited that he came to campus. So he'll be another guy that they probably lean on. I think a lot of things outside of quarterback will be kind of that by committee. Whoever's got the hot hand, kind of feeding them, sort of thing. Awesome. Well, Joe, thank you so much for giving us some of your time here tonight to talk some college football. We're going to put a link to your guide in the show description here. Uh, it, it's a it's a must download, uh, honestly, I think, if you're just trying to dive into some of these depth charts and get to know these teams uh, a little bit more. Uh, I know we talked about you know your work at CFN, um, your YouTube channel, anything else that you kind of want to uh, plug or get out there here as we get closer to college football kicking off. I know that's, that's pretty much it, just those two. And uh, if you claim that you like college football, please watch all of college football and not just like 10 teams. That's the one of the biggest pet peeves I have <laughs> with most of college football fans. But uh, no, that's pretty much it. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me. It's it's always fun to, I don't even care if I did a preview or not. Anytime someone's like, hey, let's talk college football, I'm always in. Nice. I, I love the uh, the comment about watch all of college football. And I really loved your inclusion in the guide too with a G5 All-American team there. Um, I, I thought that was really interesting. And, you know, for anybody who, like, like Austin said, we're more of a fantasy-centric podcast. There were a lot of very familiar names on that G5 All-American list. So definitely check that out. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Joe. Take care. Thanks, guys. Have a good one, Joe. All right, guys. Well, that is going to do it for tonight's show. And again, another big shout out to Joe, giving us some time here to talk some college football. Make sure you're checking out everything that we have over at Campus to Canton, whether that's the website, the YouTube channel, and of course, the podcast feed here that you are currently listening to us on. Um, you guys have been doing a great job with support, downloading, uh, reviewing, rating, reviewing, all of those kinds of things. Chasing the Natty, Campus Life, Back to Debbie, Debbie Debate, Canton Bound, Future Freshman, the official, it's all on there. We got a show six days a week and we rest on, on the Sabbath as we should. <laughs> Until next time, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Have a good one.